Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. 104.7 The Cave, Mike the Intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio to talk sports on a cold Friday morning. I just got done warming Ned up so we can talk about the neutral site for the Chiefs. It's in Atlanta. Um, I understand the move. It's an NFC team. It's NFC ground. If they had gone to Vegas, which I think would have been the best call for us because we could have gotten there, gotten there a lot easier and a lot of season ticket holders probably would have made that trip. Atlanta's a little bit different. I really don't like the turf, though. Well, it's been used for Super Bowls. It's been used for college football championships. And uh, here's the equitable factor about this is that neither team, neither the Chiefs nor the Buffalo Bills, have played there in the past five years. So there's really no home advantage as such. And it's two hours by plane uh, for each of the cities. The thing that uh, doesn't disturb me but just kind of rankles me a little bit is both these teams are outside teams. They're used to playing outside. Why not put them in Pittsburgh? Why not put them in Cleveland? Uh, Cleveland might be a little bit closer and Pittsburgh closer to Buffalo, but does that really make all that much of a difference? Kansas City fans can drive, and they play outdoors that are accustomed to. But no, the NFL says they have to play in a pristine site where the climate doesn't make any difference. It would normally... If they didn't have a neutral field, it would be at the home of one or the other. But be that as it may, it will be Atlanta. And, you know, if you're if you're looking for something that's equitable, I guess this is as good a choice as any. Not a whole lot you can do about it because the league controls it. But, yeah, it's, it's, as, it's as neutral as it possibly can be. I mean, like I said, I don't like the turf. And if that causes problems in the divisional on down the line, we'll see what happens. But uh, not, not super – Super jazzed about it, as I mentioned earlier this week. But it is what it is, my friend. One of NASCAR's old pro drivers is going to be hanging it up after this season. 47 years old, and Kevin Harvick has said, hey, that, that's that's enough for me. Harvick was on the circuit, and has been on the circuit for a good couple of decades now. He's the driver, and I think NASCAR fans know this, but many of the casual fans do not. The late Dale Earnhardt, when he suffered his tragic accident in 2001, well, Kevin Harvick was the driver who was chosen to replace him, and he has done very well since then. He's won 60 races, he's won all the big ones, and he feels at age 47 like this has to be it. He, he was asked yesterday, why are you why are you retiring? He said, it's, it's time. And I think that a, in a situation like this where your hand-eye is very important, your coordination, you can begin to feel if it's slipping a little bit. Even those with the greatest of egos know fully well when the time has come. And Harvick does, so he'll hang it up at the end of the year, and it's been a great career. Absolutely has been a great career. And, uh, you know, most of the time when these guys stop driving, they stay in the business, whether they sponsor a team, they become a coach, or whatever you want to call it, consultant. I guarantee you he's not leaving Oh, no, no, no. He has his own team. Yeah, so a lot of the times, that's that's one of the cool things about racing and NASCAR in general is a lot of these guys, I had this conversation because we were talking about Tua with somebody and whether or not he's going to come back after all those concussions this year and I was like man what's what's your life worth you know on down the line you got to make that decision but I said it sucks for pro football players because they can't I mean yeah they can get into coaching doesn't really pay but these race car drivers they can get some buku bucks being in part if of a team team owners they can yeah that, that is true I failed to mention one subject too that is going to come up this has happened before but only only four times in the past one of the drivers this year is going to drive both the Indy 500 
and the Coke 600, which starts, what, two hours yeah, later? Yeah, man. It's uh, Kyle Larson, who's kind of a daredevil. He's he's had his years in the NASCAR circuit, but he wants to give Indy a try, too, so he's going to race both the same day. It, it has been four times before he'll be driver number five to give it a try. Man, that's incredible. Well, uh, he'll be uh, riding the gauntlet himself. That's mm. in, <laughs> You know that. All right. Uh, it's hard to imagine uh, some guys getting out on a baseball field when the, the high is uh, in the high 20s, low 30s, <laughs> but the World Baseball Classic is actually happening right it now. It is. Well, not, it has happened. The preliminary rounds happened back in September, but the USA was an automatic qualifier because they won the thing the last time it was played in 2017. This year, the dates are March the 8th through March the 29th. It occurs during spring training, but the players who are chosen uh, uh, know how to, how to regulate their schedule to do that, and they will be allowed to report early to spring training on February 13th. That's one month from today. Now, these guys are already in shape. So, uh, the World Baseball Classic. Who are the Cardinals on the USA team? Well, there's Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnado, and Adam Wainwright. Wainwright surprises me, 40 years old. But keep in mind that pitchers only throw about two or three innings in this World Baseball Classic. It's pretty good. And as far as the Royals are concerned, Bobby Witt Jr. and Brady Singer will be on the team. Mike Trout is the captain. The manager of the team this year is a guy, I think, who flew under the radar for all of his 16 years in the big leagues, Mark DeRosa. Really bright guy, was with eight different teams, knows the game backward and forward. He's been on the Major League Baseball Network. A good guy who is very articulate in baseball and knows how to translate to the players. He was one. So this will be very interesting. Team USA will be good. Team Cuba and the Major League Baseball folks have given the Cuban players the allowance to play for their home nation, which they will. Team Cuba will be good. Team Dominican Republic will be pretty good. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Tournament of Champions kicked off yesterday, and already some really good competition. Really is. This is this is one of the I can't say star-studded fields, but team unity and team excellence. Yeah, this is one of the best they've had because there's some really good teams. I was talking to the New York City Christ the King coach yesterday, and uh, they come in as a pretty good basketball team. And I said, what is the what is the hallmark? of a championship team in New York City. And he said, winning the city championship. And I said, do you guys play in the state championships? He said, we do, but that's nothing. Winning the city championship, <laughs> that is the big deal. That's where you play the parochial schools against the public schools for, and I think they play sometimes at St. John's University or sometimes Fordham University. And maybe if the arena is free and they can afford it, Madison Square Garden, that's got to be a really big deal. Anyway, beside the point, Christ the King played a very good Tennessee State Championship team from Bartlett, and Christ the King wins 61-48. to Christ the King is in New York City itself. The team that many think may be the best in this tournament and may be the best in the country. Link Academy from Branson. They played St. Rita from Chicago. And St. Rita is very good. Link Academy 74, St. Rita 52. Sunrise Christian is a prep school, private prep school in the Wichita area. They played your alma mater. And the uh, Sunrise Christian team is very, very good and very, very tall and very, very skilled. 68-35, to 35, Sunrise Christian beat a good Kickapoo team. And the evening finale sent, and I love, oh, this is this I find fascinating, Mike. Uh, Calvary Christian from Fort Lauderdale, Florida is under 500 in their record. They're 5-7 and seven coming into the competition. They played the number one team in Missouri. 
Staley from North Kansas City. Staley's a relatively new school, been up there for about 10 or 15 years now. But they're really good, really good. Sunrise Christian, under 500, scored a 64-57 victory over Staley, and that's Staley's first loss of the year. First loss. That's how good wow. this team is. That's how good these teams are. Well, they'll all play now. The uh, consolation rounds begin at 4.30 this afternoon and continue right up and through the winner's bracket. Then the championships are tomorrow night, all at the Great Southern Bank Arena, and that includes the dunk contest. Now, those of you who are into basketball, if you've ever seen these high school kids, let me just, uh, just a point of relevance here. When I played, which I admit was 60, 65 years ago, Holy smokes, you never would have done some of these things that these kids can do. It is unbelievable. We were talking about the academy in Branson after we got off the air, for example, yesterday, and how, you know, a lot of these kids are from the inner city and they're going to the Ozarks in the middle of the hills and stuff. But the their their literal day is regimented. Wake up, breakfast, work out, do this, do this, do oh, this, no, do this. They are essentially yeah, and of course academics, but there, it's so regimented. That's why. I mean, when when we were kids, there weren't a whole lot of places like this that regimented us. You had good kids that would just had natural talent. But How many when times you, did you wake up in the morning? Do I have to get? Oh up? my <laughs> God, Mom! I don't feel good. Mom, I don't feel good. When I told my uh, chief petty officer in the Navy, "Hey, Chief, I don't feel good." You what? <laughs> you get your blanket, blank, blank, blank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so jury basketball teams, um, they're out on the road, aren't they? They are. They're in Romeoville, Illinois, which is part of Chicago. And that is where Lewis University is. Well, Lewis University, for the men's team, is having a very uncharacteristic down year. They're under 500, so is Drury. And Drury's down year is also uncharacteristic. So the Drury women are one of the top teams in America. They go into Lewis and win 82 to 75 over the Lady Flyers, and that's a very nice win. The men, and these are two underachieving teams this year, Drury and Lewis go into overtime. Drury gets a foul called in their favor with four seconds to go, makes both foul shots, and sends the overtime game one point in their favor, and they win. 79-78 Drury over Lewis. That's a much-needed win, and now the Drury teams continue on the road. They go to Springfield, uh, Illinois and uh, play against Illinois Springfield down there on Saturday. So nice wins for the Drury, both the Lady Panthers and the Panthers. And they're Lady Panthers, a very good nationally ranked team. Hell yeah, they are. And that's really good to see, too. Um, last but not least, um, of course, the Chiefs have the bye uh, going into this weekend. So Ned Talk is on vacation. So we can watch all the other games. (laughs) We don't know if the Chiefs are going to play next Saturday or next Sunday, and we really don't know who their opponent will be. It'll be the lowest seed because they have the first first, uh, seed in the playoffs. Um, Possibly Jacksonville, possibly Chargers. Possibly the Baltimore Ravens. Possibly the Ravens, if they can pull it out. But Lamar didn't practice yesterday. No, and he has has a sprain of the PCL. The PCL is the posterior cruciate ligament, and I can talk from personal experience because mine was torn when I was in the Navy playing football, which didn't go over very well with the commanding officers, but that's okay. That's the way things are. Anyway, it takes, of course, times have changed and the improvement factor, it's not a week, it's not a couple of days, it takes a while, but it can be a very debilitating injury. His lateral movement is greatly effective. Front and back is not. He can go forward north and south. But uh, laterally, will be a bit of a problem. Anyway, I doubt that he sees a whole lot of action. In that 
to that respect, I don't think the Chiefs will play Baltimore. I do think, in, in all honesty, the feeling I get is it'll be the Chargers. I think the Chargers go into Jacksonville. I know, I know. The Jacksonville Jaguars went to Los Angeles and walloped the Chargers 38-10 earlier this season. Trevor Lawrence, a good quarterback. Jaguars are on a roll, but the Chargers are pretty good, folks. Now, they don't have Mike Evans. He may be sidelined, but they still have a very good core of receivers. And Justin Herbert is a pretty doggone good QB himself. I have a feeling the Chargers will be the team. That's who I'm picking right now. That's who the Chiefs play. It's hard to beat a team three times. That's my biggest fear about that in that game, if that does but come to fruition. it is in Kansas City. It is in Kansas City, and it is definitely doable, but at the same time, it is tough. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, I'm excited because tomorrow and Sunday, we've got a lot of great matchups, and I don't have to stress out about my team. And here is the – I'm not going to give you the team schedule. That's a little bit too laborious. But it's two games on Saturday – Three on Sunday, including a Sunday night game and a Monday night game, and the Monday night games, Dallas and Tampa Bay. That's going to be a hell of a shootout <laughs> right there, man. You have a great weekend and enjoy the time off.